was staying at home and helping build this business. And I look back now and I realize how hard of a time that was a really tough phase for us to go through with small kids at home, which is a challenge in itself. We're building this business um, and you're in the early stages of your marriage, which everyone knows that's the tough time. I remember specifically picking up Cheerios off the floor one morning and just crying and thinking like, is this my life? Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today, we want to welcome Shelly Sumner to the program. Now, you hear Shelly on Life in the 901 that airs Mondays here on Bot Radio Network at 3 p.m. She was recording a show with an upcoming program she's going to be doing. Don't want to share who's going to be the guest, Shelly. <laughs> Somebody special. Yes. Uh you want to tell us? Oh, I thought you wanted me to keep it a secret. <laughs> hey, why don't you go ahead and let people know? Because it's part of the yes. Life Choices annual fundraising banquet. It is. So our banquet is coming up September 22nd uh, at Bellevue Baptist Church. We are so excited to welcome our guest speaker, which is Pam Tebow. Yes. And she is an incredible woman. She, As most of you know, her son is Tim Tebow. She has an amazing testimony of... Uh, a doctor who advised her to actually end the pregnancy with Tim. And of course, we know that didn't happen. And we've seen just the impact and the amazing story that's happened since then with Tim's life and with her life. And I cannot wait to hear from her at the banquet. It's a wonderful story. And of course, I've had the privilege of having Pam on this show here. Yes. It's been a few years. Nancy Bramlett, who is a longtime friend of Pam Tebow and her family, they call him Timmy. Mm-hmm, they do. <laughs> they do. Timmy. But she's a great interview, a very humble lady, really has a heart. Tebow family all yes. has a heart for ministry, using the means that God is giving them to point people to Jesus. She, yes, her story is awesome. And I was nervous this morning because, you know, I've followed Pam and Tim and the Tebow family for a long time being a Florida graduate and a Gator fan and to actually get to interview her was such a privilege but I was nervous but you know what she made it so comfortable yeah her voice is very soothing and when you just hear her heart and you hear her love for the Lord and her trust in the Lord it can't you can't help but feel that too and it's really contagious Well, it's going to be a great night for life choices and that date again now yes September 22nd it's a Thursday night 6 30 p.m doors open at 6 and it's at bellevue baptist and you can find out more information and register online at lcfriends.org well shelly you're on your way to a meeting i said i would like to hear the shelly sumner story what's behind the life that god has given you and it's a beautiful life you and your husband corey been married 18 years Mm -hmm. god's given you three beautiful children so we want to find out a little bit more about your life something that you post on your Facebook page at the very top is, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, Psalm Mm. 107.2. What's that verse mean to you? Oh, it's one of my favorite verses, and all of us who know the Lord, every believer has a story. And we should share that. You know, I am redeemed out of nothing I did on my own merit. You know, uh, the gospel is literally just accepting the free gift that the Lord gives us through Jesus Christ. 
there's nothing that I have done to earn that. And thank goodness, because, you know, I'm a mess. I'm a mess without the Lord. And we all are. So my story is probably like a lot of people's story. You know, I was raised in a Christian home mom and dad that stayed together. So I'm very fortunate with that. Um, The oldest of four girls. My parents had me and my sister Kim two years later and then tried one more time for a boy and got twin girls. (laughs) So, but we're all very, very close military family. My dad was in the Air Force, Um, but raised in a Christian home. I remember my mom leading me to the Lord when I was six years old. I was in the top bunk of a bunk bed and started asking questions and She's told me since then, like, oh, no, do I need to call the pastor? Like, this is the moment, you know, and isn't that funny? That's sometimes how the Holy Spirit works. You know, it's it's happening now and it's not in any formal setting. It's in a bunk bed. But I remember it. I still remember making that decision. And of course, it wasn't just all roses after that. You know, as most people would say with their Christian walk, I did all the right things I thought leading up to, um, you know, growing up and I was a camp counselor and I was in the choir and did all the church things. Um, my testimony really starts when I went to college. I completely went away from the faith. I don't know what caused it initially, except that it was just my own selfishness, my own pride, and really just getting out of God's word. It may be peer pressure. Peer pressure for sure. But really, what I noticed is being out of God's word, even for a little bit, you forget. You know you know how in the Old Testament, God's constantly reminding the Israelites of things because they were forgetting. Yeah. They were forgetting. And that's exactly me. And that's all of us. Our human nature is we forget what God's word says. We forget his promises. We forget his goodness. And we seek our own. We seek our own will, our own pride, our own yes. lives. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I did. And I'll never forget feeling like one day I will clean up and I'll be good enough to kind of come back to the Lord. I remember that constant whisper from the Holy Spirit, that nudge of him wooing me back. And it was out of love, out of God's love. But I felt like I still needed to clean up, you know. And I I think back on that moment a lot, especially at Life Choices when we are talking with clients who are coming to us pregnant with uh, children out of wedlock and they're feeling of course not having any support but if they are women of faith or if we share the gospel with them they feel like well i'm i'm not i'm not good enough i'm not clean enough i need to straighten up my act first i need to get my life together first and what i would say to that woman and what i said to myself is that's not ever going to happen We're not ever going to be clean enough. We're not ever going to pick ourselves up with our bootstraps and like make it happen. There had to come a point where I came to the end of myself and realized I can't do this. I just need God. So that's my story in a nutshell. And I'm redeemed. And so I'm telling my story. I love it. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. And I love the story even though you've got away from God doing your own thing in the, in the college, like so many do when they go off to college, having grown up in the church and, and having had maybe an early childhood experience of faith with Christ, but yet having that faith really tested, where you have to kind of possess it yourself. You've been living in the environment and the protection of your parents and family, which you say was very secure, but then when you get out basically in the world, you're in a college campus, Florida, you know, mm-hmm. then starting to test the waters 
and learn how that faith really is real. This Jesus isn't some mystical, historical figure. He is the living God who demands our all, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and what he has done for us, like you said, something that we can never do for ourselves. That's what's so beautiful mm-hmm. about the gospel, that it is a gospel done in Christ, mm-hmm. not a gospel due of our own efforts, you know. Mm-hmm. It's because of what Christ has done for us that's why we would want to serve him and give back to him, not to attain, but just as a thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for what you did by your grace. You're absolutely right. And I think it took me experiencing that life to realize how much I'm forgiven. You know, yeah. um, I think about the story of the prodigal son. You know, growing up, I hated that story because I pictured, I saw myself as the brother the older brother that had done all these things right. And that's not really fair that now we're throwing a party for baby brother that's gone off and partied and had fun. I didn't realize until after my college experience that I'm the prodigal son. And we all are. All of us are. are. We have been forgiven of so much. And the more you're in God's word and the more you familiarize yourself with the law, you see how you've fallen short. Hmm. That realization is what brings you to your knees, and that's when you realize the true picture of the gospel, Right. when you realize, I'm not good enough. So you traveled a lot, Mm -hmm. but you wound up here in Memphis somehow. Yes. Okay, so (laughs) was that the last stop? It ended up being the last stop. You know, it's funny, people say, well, where are you from? And I I have to go, well, (laughs) you know, it's not an easy answer. We moved around a lot. I was actually born in Spain. And then we lived in England. I had a British accent for a little while. Um, and we've lived all a different... Where's that British accent? <laughs> I know. I wish I still had it. Of course, we've lived in lots of different places in the States. But ended up here, and I finished my last two years of high school at Collierville High. Went off to school at Florida and moved back home and met my husband here. We now have our family here, both sides. You know, my parents stayed here. His mom is here and family. We started a family business called The Batter's Box. Yeah. Before we go there, how did you meet Corey? Oh, gosh. Okay. I love this story. We met on a blind date. Literally. We did. My sisters, the twins, played uh, Division I softball in college, and they took hitting lessons, batting lessons from Corey's dad, Tim. So I always heard about Tim Sumner and his sons, but never met. I just heard, oh, you're going over for a lesson. And it wasn't until after I'd been out of college, the twins happened to have a lesson with Corey because his dad was out of town. And they came home and said, Shelly, you have to meet Coach Sumner's son. He's so cute. And um, so I agreed to be set up on a blind date. We met, and he took me to Macaroni Grill, which has since burned down. So we the one here on Poplar, <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> so that we're hoping that's not any kind of sign. But so far, eighteen years is pretty good. It's good track record. Um, but yeah, that first date, I remember calling my sisters from the bathroom and saying, "I really like him. He might be the one." And and Corey has said the same that we both kind of knew. So you click right away. We clicked right away. We were engaged six months later and married six months after that. Oh my goodness! So what does Corey do professionally? So he is a baseball coach and he owns the batter's box yeah the Which batter- is a family business yes yeah. family business uh we are a baseball and softball training instructional facility so we have uh competitive baseball teams we and he gives private lessons hitting we also have instructors on staff that do hitting fielding pitching i mean one of your teams has been down at west palm beach yes and talking about a national competitive team 
ranked pretty high, right? Yes, I am so excited. We actually ranked second in the state. Wow. Um, and that was kind of a really exciting moment for us to really kind of be on the national scene and yeah. be seen in yeah. perfect game baseball, which is a big, big deal uh, nationally. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So what's it like being in a sports family? Did you have a upbringing in sports? Did you like sports growing up? Loved sports. So my dad, his one caveat with having four daughters is we're all going to know how to play sports. <laughs> so we were brought up playing, you know, basketball, baseball, so anything that we could. Yeah. Um, dad wanted to make sure we still knew how to do all of those things. And then, of course, my sisters ended up playing Division One college softball. So yeah. it's the sports is definitely in our family. I ran track. I actually played a little bit of football in college. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Oh, my goodness. Um, just flag football, but I on two different teams, though, and I absolutely loved it. So the boys, my sons, always uh, love to joke about that. Mom played college football. I didn't really. <laughs> you know, speaking of ladies playing football, there is a women's equivalent to the NFL professional football mm-hmm. you know league and memphis had a team and my neighbor was on that team you oh know my goodness. i think they won the big championship that's been quite a few years ago yeah so yeah that's pretty neat so what have you learned about trying to balance out when you got family you got kids in school you like i said you got three the ages now mm-hmm. you've got a eighth grader a sixth grader and a second grader your little girl yes so trying to balance out scheduling for school homework after school activities your life with you know life choices managing the batter's box i mean shelly how do you balance all this it's it's a lot it is a lot and i don't think i do anything well in my own strength it has to come from the lord and i have a lot of really great friends and family that help me out too you know all three of my kids play baseball, including little Haley, who's on an 8U baseball team right now. Only girl. She loves it, though. <laughs> so they're all playing baseball. Preston's playing yeah. football. Haley's yeah. in gymnastics. They're all in school, homework. Whoa. I'm working. Corey's working. We're both helping with the business. And the only thing I can say is it takes a lot of prayer, and it takes a lot of family and friends to yeah. help out and kind of keep the, keep it running. And, of course, I know church is an important part as a family for you. You're involved with your church family, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, about your walk with Christ, how have you seen that change as a mom, Has change as balancing out all these schedules, how you depend on him, your mm-hmm. prayers? I mean, how do you see that relationship infused into all of this? Mm. It's been a journey. I know a lot of moms can relate. You know, when I my kids were real young, I was staying at home and helping build this business. And I look back now and I realize how hard of a time that was a really tough phase for us to go through with small kids at home, which is a challenge in itself. We're building this business um, and you're in the early stages of your marriage, which everyone knows that's the tough time. I remember specifically picking up Cheerios off the floor one morning and just crying and thinking like, is this my life? Is this it? You know, like I'm not doing anything worthwhile. It didn't feel like my life had value, which we know is not true. But you look back and realize those small things, those small choices, those small experiences God was using for a bigger picture and i see that in so many ways now and i know i'll continue to see that so i think the biggest lesson i learned from that is that god is trustworthy yes and we can trust him even with the small experiences that don't feel like they're going to mean much 
he uses everything in our lives to bring about his glory. Yes. Well, don't you too think that we often confuse our identity in how we perform? Yes. Maybe as a mom, what we do at work. When as a believer, our identity totally is wrapped in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And we have to realize that insecure, and that's our identity. And these other things don't define us. Absolutely. And i that's a daily reminder for me. I yeah. have to daily remind myself that I am not the mom that has it all together. I'm not this career woman that has it all together. I 100% rely on the Lord, and my identity is in Christ. Yeah. But it is a daily reminder that we have to give ourselves. Yes, because I'm thinking there might be some women listening right now and it says Shelly sounds like she has just the perfect oh, life no no you know you know <laughs> husband in 18 years kids doing well business is thriving doing ministry and maybe there's some body listening Shelly that has made some bad choices maybe they're living in some pretty messed up circumstances and they're, they they want to put things together but it just seems like they're in a maze of chaos and mm. you know struggles and just trying to get through you know just mm -hmm. trying to to make it another day i uh, i tell my friends a lot if you want to feel better about being a mom just call me because i'll have a story <laughs> of some huge colossal way that i've messed up and there are many mm. um what i would tell that woman who's struggling and feeling like she's not doesn't have it together i would say none of us have it together don't look to the world for that Look to Jesus. Look yeah. to God's word for yeah. that strength. And yeah. because when we are weak, he is strong. Yeah. And that's what God's word says. We have to rely on that. What about fears as a mom? You know, when you look at the world today, as we talk about the culture, we're living really in a post-Christian culture. And knowing you're raising your kids mm. to be warriors for Christ in the future and what they're facing, what kind of fears and what, how does that challenge your faith as a mom raising kids in today's generation? It is a scary time. It is a scary time to raise kids. Um, but I'm also reminded of the story of Esther where God talks about for such a time as this, you know, yeah. and I think about my kids and how before they were formed in my womb, like the Lord set a time for them to be here. And so instead of being fearful about where we are in this world and about my kids, of course, I'm going to be fearful for that. But I also am trusting that they're going to be warriors for Christ. They're here for a reason and yeah. they are going to be standing for truth at the exact right time that they're supposed to be here. Yeah, I love that. That's a great. I mean, that's yeah. that's really we have to trust the Lord in mm -hmm. that, in in all of those things, knowing that He can work out in the most adverse circumstances. He's been faithful. We have Scripture to testify of His faithfulness, as you said. We mm -hmm. have to go back to the Word. We have to be in the Word, our fuel to feed our faith. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Without it, I mean, we're on shaky ground. We mm -hmm. have to have that. Rizzo, he's an important part. <laughs> Of the Sumner home. Yes. So we are Cubs fans, which I know there's a lot of Cardinal fans out there, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but our family, we, we go for the Cubs, and Anthony Rizzo is who our dog is named after, which he's since moved on to a different team. So we thought about renaming him, actually. <laughs> but he is a rescue pup. Is he? He's part Border Collie, part Coonhound. 
which is an interesting mix. Yeah. But it's a kind of a funny story. We adopted him through a program where he was actually in prison. He was called a jail pup. Um, <laughs> Mad dog. <laughs> I know. So they found him in Middle Tennessee on the side of the road at a gas station in a box with his litter mates. The adoption agency that we went through actually had a program. It's called Paddle, I, I think is what it's called. But basically... They're too young to be adopted out, and so they match them with inmates in the prison. And the inmates raise those puppies and train them really? until they're ready to be adopted. And in wow. return, they earn money for their GED. That so is beautiful. We broke Rizzo out of prison. We actually had to go into the jail to get him. You met the person who trained him? Yes. Well, that is yes. wonderful. And we share pictures um, so they can kind of see him yeah. growing up, which is neat. But we have threatened him many times that he's going back. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. I is, love it. He's not the perfect dog sometimes. Since 2019, <laughs> you've been on staff at Life Choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you hear about this job? What did you know about Life Choices prior to coming on staff? I knew of Life Choices. I've always been pro-life, um, but of course had no idea what all our ministry does. It's an incredible, incredible place. But it's a God story completely. I The job was not posted I was actually interviewing for a different job and needed a reference and reached out to a friend. And the friend said, oh, I just heard today that they might be looking at Life Choices for someone. And so it was one of those God (laughs) stories of, oh, I hadn't even thought of that, you know. I was originally hired as the special events planner, a coordinator, and kind of developed the the positions kind of grown and changed since then as most people do in yes. ministry yeah. it kind of morphs but um it's been an amazing place to work wow. amazing i don't feel like i'm going to a job it's just it's a calling it's a passion it's a privilege for me to be able to go in every day so what have you discovered about the way life choices does ministry and does life with the clients that walk in the doors sometimes some pretty broken situations and really needing help Absolutely. I love our ministry for that because we don't just want to see a woman once and leave her there in that position and and basically say, good luck. We hope you choose to have your baby. That's not what we're about at all. Um, It's much more about coming alongside that woman and kind of meeting her where she is, sharing the love of Mm -hmm. Christ with her, but then realizing every situation, every client situation is unique and different. Their needs are very specific. So our client advocates and our baby prep moms that are mentors, they see those women as individuals. It's not a script we're reading off of. Right. Um, but that relationship is developed throughout their entire pregnancy and beyond. Yeah. I remember a Life Choices banquet a few years back. There were the children. Their moms had decided on life. And there was like a little choir, and they sang, and it was so beautiful. And those are voices that if they had chosen to go the other way, we wouldn't have heard those beautiful voices. Isn't that crazy to think about? about. I know. And I know that gets repeated countless times, and my heart breaks for those times when it doesn't go that way. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned about uh, adopting Rizzo, but you help families that want to have children or want to show more love to children by adoption, too, and helping Mm -hmm. that process for those who want to adopt. Life Choices provides that service, too, which is beautiful. Yes, I love that part of our ministry, too, because when a woman comes to us, a pregnant woman comes to us and she knows she's not ready to parent. She's not ready to be a mom and she's not in a position to be a mom. She has two choices. 
she can make an adoption plan or she can choose abortion. So what I love about our ministry is we have that adoption option to present to her right then and there. And there are parents waiting. And the the birth mother gets to make a plan and feel empowered in that decision to make a plan that both she and the baby can live with. Yeah. I can't imagine how tough that is and how hard that is for that mom processing that, knowing that she's giving up her child. Mm -hmm. But countless times, I mean, the stories, we've seen the stories, and we've seen life choices. Children grow up, and many of them are some in college now, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe have their own families now. It's incredible to see that. Our theme this year for the banquet is generation to generation, and it's exactly what you're talking about. You know, when Roe v. Wade was passed, not overturned, but passed back in the 70s, I think about how we are missing a generation of people. You know, we are missing out on a generation, maybe multiple generations. Actually, we know multiple generations of people. And I think about the alternate of that, that when a woman chooses life for her child, there's a generational impact for that. Mm. When she accepts Jesus and makes a decision to follow the Lord, there's a generational impact for that. And so you're right. We have seen that in our ministry since we were founded in 1986. We have seen generations impacted through our ministry through the Lord. Yes. Um, and that is such a powerful picture. And you think, too, Shelley, about the countless lives that have succumbed to abortion. Maybe there could have been future people who could have come up with the solution to cancer mm-hmm. or that God said, you know, I, I was sending that life to be able to come up with a cure to this or a creation of that to give back to the human race or do something for my namesake. And yet that was destroyed. Right. And you think about, you know, Pam Tebow making the decision, she and Bob making the decision to continue with her pregnancy with Tim. And now we're seeing Tim not only standing for the Lord, but he's fighting against sex trafficking and has an amazing program for special needs children and is making such a kingdom impact in the world for good. What would the world look like without him in it? Oh, what a great story there. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been good. Again, don't forget, friend, coming up on September 22nd at Bellevue Baptist Church, it's the annual Life Choices Fundraising Banquet with Pam Tebow. Great evening. Delicious food. Shelly will be there. (laughs) Steve Copeland and all the Life Choices gang that uh, does such an incredible job there. The staff, uh, I can see why it'd be a privilege Mm. and really a fun place to be, too. And, uh, so fun. Working, I love it. Working with the dynamics of all the different people there. Also doing it in the name of Christ to serve women and their families, too. Mm-hmm. Because I know you guys do so much that mm-hmm. we don't even know all the things that, that take place. But mm-hmm. God bless you, Shelly. Thank you for uh, being willing to be put on the spot. Sure. <laughs> Last minute here on the program. <laughs> but thank you for what you're allowing Christ to do through your life for his glory and his kingdom. We just appreciate so much, uh, Shelly Sumner. Thanks for having me. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.